Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pursuing with the Piss. This is Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awesome. This is Jaden. <laughs> this is Haley. And we're excited to be back with you guys today to jump into the podcast. Um, just to give you a little clipping into what we're going through right now in our lives. My wife is pretty tired girl tonight, and so she's having to crucify the flesh to record, and she's turning into a giggle pot. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, she's fine. It's going to be great. Um, I want to talk about something tonight that I feel like God has been putting in my heart and stirring in my heart for about a week now. Yeah, I think Pastor's message last Sunday is what actually started stirring in my heart and made me think a lot. And I feel like every day in my devotion this week, God's been speaking to me about this. And uh, we speak, we teach a a youth Bible study once a month. And last month, we also talked, or last week, we also talked about this because right, right after the message, it was still strong in my heart. So today, you've probably seen from the um, title of the message, we're talking about the heart of God. You're going to have to wake up, Haley. You're going to have to talk some more, okay? Yep. <laughs> yep. So... Just to, just to kind of jump in it before we, we spill the beans about what we're talking about here, I kind of want you to think, you know, uh, any Christians listening out there or people, you know, you might have a, a, any preconceived ideas about what we're talking about here. So what do you think is the most important thing to God? What do you think, um, before we jump in, what do you think is the most important thing to God? What do you think is close to his heart? What do you think he wants Christians to be involved in, to be thinking about, to be doing what do you think it is, you know, and uh, and why do you think that? That'd be a good question. And for you to think about it, I'm just kind of stalling so you can think about it. All right, so Haley, what do you think? Um, well, I kind of already know the yeah, answer. You already know, so obviously. it's okay. We can spill the beans now. I think they have plenty of time. Um, the most important thing to God <laughs> is um, reaching the lost and the... You know, saving lost souls and people that don't know about him or don't have him in their life. Absolutely. So God created us and he wants a relationship with us and he loves us and he wants to restore us from the curse. He wants to deliver us from the devil's influence. He wants to heal us spiritually and emotionally and physically. Uh, God wants to do things in our lives. He wants to spend time with his people. He wants to have a relationship with his people. And um, so, yeah, he's he's all about the lost, and he's mm-hmm. all about the broken, all about the dying, all about the hurt, and that was us, right? And right. so that's that's why we're Christians. That's because he made a way for us to have a relationship with him, and that's why we pursue him, pursue him with the pips, because he made a way for us to pursue him, and and that's what Christianity is all about. It's being brought back into relationship with an almighty, perfect, loving God. And I think as Christians, a lot of times, not you know, um, I think every Christian can do better in this area of focusing on what is most important to God. Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we get caught up in our own lives and in the things that we have going on and we get saved. And so we're good, right? We're going to heaven. And uh, a lot of times we forget that God is not satisfied until everyone that we know knows about his love and that we need to pursue that as Christians. We need to pursue that as people. Everywhere that we go, have that in your mind that, man, everybody you come in contact with, God loves them and wants a relationship with them. And and I know I need to do better at that, you know. Yeah, like we can get so selfish and just think it's about us. But like we've said multiple times before, anybody you're looking at, it's important to remember that God loves them and wants them a relationship with them just as much as he does with you. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, we take it for granted a lot of times that, 
you know, what if what if nobody told us about the faith or nobody led us to Christ or nobody influenced our lives and we never got saved and we never got to know the love of God, we never got to know the peace of God, the deliverance that's in His name. Like, what if we never got to know that? And so, what you know, that would be terrible. And so why would we not do the same thing and pursue those who are lost and without Jesus today? Right. Like, sometimes I feel like I have to kind of step out of my bubble, you know? Yes. Especially because, like, I was raised in a very, like, Christian and godly family, went to church my whole life. Like, living for God's kind of like all I've known, mm-hmm. you know? Comes and natural almost for you. Yeah, and so sometimes I can, I have in the past, like, get in the mindset, like, what's so hard? Why can't people just right. do, stick to this, you know what I'm saying? But then I'm like, well, let me step out of my bubble. This is, like, what I've known my whole entire yes. life, you know? And so I, like... I have asked God, you know, like in the past, you know, like I want to work more on compassion mm-hmm. and like, I feel like you have to have compassion to reach the lost yes, and exactly reach the right. hurting because point. a lot of times once, like most of the time people don't want to reach the outcast or like the people that need God the most mm-hmm. and they kind of shun them. But really like, that's what this is all about. It's the heart of God. Yeah. You're exactly right. And that is... Uh, you know, the church we, we go to church at, that is the vision of the church. He says all the time, you know, he prayed to God, send me the ones that nobody else wants, the ones that, that, that everybody else has pushed off to the side. And he said, y'all showed up, you know. <laughs> yep. And so <clears throat> that's really what, what God's vision is all about. He wants the people that are hurting, the people that are, that's the people that are going to be open to him. He wants to restore them. He wants to get back in relationship with him. And we forget a lot of times that God created all people, you know. Yeah. And so just like you were saying about the bubble, sometimes it comes easy for us growing up in the Bible Belt, growing up in Christian families, growing up in church. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been around God our whole lives, but there are people out there who God created who are hurting and they've they've never, they didn't grow up in a godly home. You know, they don't have that godly background and God loves them just as much as he loves us and he wants a relationship with them. He wants to restore them just as much, but they didn't have that those roots that we have. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it's easy to assume that Everyone knows what you know. Yes. When that's not true at all. Yes. Like, just like biblical things or like things about God. Like, some people don't know that God's like good, you know? Yes, exactly. A lot of people don't know that God like wants to take care of you and wants to save you, you know? It's not just like a lot of times people see him as a dictator mm-hmm. and or like have heard wrong things about God or have the wrong perception of him. Yes. So it's important that we show what God's truly like. Yeah, because I mean, growing up in our culture, that's what... That's what everybody teaches, you know. God is a bigot, you know. God is somebody who who is, uh, you know, not good. He he's cruel, all this stuff, and you better that's not, be good. God's watching you. That's right. You God, know, or like, God took my family, or God, yeah. you know, God's taking stuff from me. God's an evil God. You know, he's he needed them more than I. You know, God is a good God. He's a loving God. Uh, he pursues us, and he wants the best for his children, and he wants all people to come to repentance. And I want to use a scripture there because I'm not just just talking out of. Um, out of air here. I'm, so that's coming from Second Peter chapter three verse nine. It says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." So we're talking about the heart of God. Here is one part of the heart of God. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want people to go to hell. He doesn't want people to walk away from Him. He doesn't want people to uh, live this life depressed and anxious and broken and abused and and hurting and and thinking there's no hope and all this stuff. 
It's His will that they come to the knowledge of God and be saved and redeemed and restored and delivered. And He gives us that choice. He's not going to override our will, but that's the heart of God. Yep. That's all. That's what the gospel is. That's what the good news is. I just taught a class to um, some, I teach a class to like sixth to eighth grade girls. Um, and we talked about that today. I asked them, like, what is the gospel? Like, what does gospel mean? And, um, you know, gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I said, I basically t- taught them, like, the gospel, like, how to tell people about the gospel of yes. Jesus Christ and, like, what it is, you know, like, God created us and he created a perfect world, but then sin came into the world and, the world wasn't good anymore, you know, and now it's full of sin and destruction. That's why bad things happen today. And all of us were just born into sin and basically on a path to hell. But then God sent his son yes. as a way out and as a way of escape and as a savior. And that's what we cling to today. He died and rose again mm-hmm. so that we could be saved and our sins could be forgiven. And so that we could accept that salvation and then go and get other people. Yes, exactly. And that's the key. Go and get other people because his heart is for all of those, you know? And so that's really what we're talking about here. What is our most important thing? You know, I asked, what is God's most important thing? Now, what is your most important thing? Is it the job you're pursuing? Is it promotion? Is it money? Is it your own kingdom? Is it to provide for your family or to, you know, have a good time with your family? And that, that might not be a bad thing. None of those things might be bad things. But our most important thing needs to be God's most important thing, right? Because yeah. Jesus, if you read the Gospels, Jesus is very direct. He is very uh, corrective, and he, he says over and over in a lot of different ways, the kingdom of God is worth everything you've got. Yeah. To give up all your desires, to crucify your flesh, to give up this, to give up that, to leave this, to leave that, to come after my kingdom. And his kingdom is the hurting, the lost, the broken. That's what he wants to restore. And thank God. You know, it's so easy to serve a God that's like that, you know? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I was that guy, right? I was the hurting. I was the broken. I was the the one lost. I was the one going to hell. And everybody I meet that's not saved are those guys and those girls, and we need to be about God's business. True. So I'm going to read uh, a couple more scriptures for you uh, just to kind of reveal the heart of God through scripture. And so first or next I'm going to read John chapter 3, verse 16. It's a very well-known scripture. But I have to read it because it it lines up perfectly with what I feel like God's saying to us today. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we read already in 2 Peter 3, 9 that he doesn't want any to perish but all to come to repentance. And now we see in John 3, 16 that he loved the whole world, so he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then going on to our part in this you know that's the heart of god that's the will of god and now what are we going to do as christians as people who have been saved and been redeemed and so this is kind of a lengthy read but i want to read to you from second corinthians chapter 5 verses 17 through 21 it says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new now all things are of god who has reconciled us to himself through jesus christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation And so I want to pause there and make sure that's clear. That being reconciled, you may already know this, but just in case you don't, it just means to be brought back together, to be made at peace again with somebody. And so to be brought back together with God. So he says, we have been reconciled, uh, or he reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. 
And so not only did he save us and bring us back into relationship with God, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that's our purpose. That is what we're here for. And it says, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He trusted us with the word of reconciliation. Are you telling anybody? Are you saying it to anybody? Are you reaching out to those who are hurting and broken? Is that on your mind today? And continue reading here. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, and we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Do you have anything to add to that? I'm sure that's a mouthful, but yeah. I kind of self-explanatory too. Just, um, did you have a scripture for the Great Commission? I didn't, but yeah. we could talk about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, so at the end of most of the Gospels, I, I'm going to guess all of them. I'm not 100% sure on that, but Jesus basically tells them after he um, rose from the dead and he's spending a little time with his disciples in the resurrected form, he says, I send you out. Go mm-hmm. and preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Deliver the captives. You know, um, lay your hands on the sick and, and you'll see them recover. He sends them out to go and preach this gospel to all people. Yeah. And it says it in Acts as well, that he gives us the Holy Spirit. He says, remain here until I give you the Holy Spirit that you may uh, speak boldly. And he said, uh, go and share this message in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, including myself, struggle with this a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just because like, it's like, you're scared of being rejected yes. or the like, fear of man is, yeah. is a big one for, you know, myself included. I'm not going to act like I'm perfect in this area. I'm, I need to grow a lot in this area and I believe and I'm trusting in God to help me, me grow too. in this area. Um, I feel like I've gotten like, I'm not around as many people anymore, like that aren't, aren't believers Christians, yeah. and stuff. So I'm like, um, like I'm not in like a public workspace right, right. a lot. And so then I'm like, Oh, it's like hard. I'm like, who do I talk to? It's the and people then, at like, Walmart. It's the yeah, people. Yeah, no, the- exactly. And it's like you can just get so fearful of what they think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, you're right. You gotta overcome that. I, yeah. I'm talking to myself here. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's tough. A lot of times I'll, which is good to let your life speak. Mm-hmm. You know, which is just another thing because a lot of times I feel like, not obviously in like a random place like Walmart, you're not gonna be able to like let your life really yeah. like show over time but i feel like another good thing is like in your workspace or somewhere like where you're around unbelievers like just letting your life speak that testimony because then when it's time for you to speak they'll be more likely to receive it exactly yeah you seeing know? seeing that you're the real deal and you know all people are imperfect yeah. but seeing that you are you mean business and you're really pursuing after god you know that will open up doors because people will say okay he's not just playing the game here we actually see him making right. progress in his life and and I want I want that, you it's know. It's not like just somebody coming in here telling me I'm going to hell, but it's someone that I see lives a different life and who is like, you know, exactly showing yeah. me that there's a better way to live. Yeah, and, and uh, I said this this has been stirring up in me since last Sunday when Pastor preached a message on it. And one of the scriptures he used, I want to read today, and I'm kind of clinging on that, and God's been bringing it back up to my memory. I've been trying to memorize it. And so it says, it's in Mark 1, 17. It says, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. And so this is when he calls his disciples, and they're fishermen, and he, he alludes to them that you're going to a different kind of fishing now, right? And uh, he doesn't say you have to work hard to try to, to, to do something to get trophies for me or something. He just says, follow me, and this is what's going to happen. 
You know, and it's really the truth. If we are really following after the heart of God, if we're really pursuing, right? If you're pursuing with the pips, pursuing God with the pips, then if we're pursuing Him, then our heart should line up with His heart. Yeah. And His heart is be a fisher of men. It reminds me of that song, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Yes, exactly. And that's that's very powerful thing to pray. Yes. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, as Christians, if we really got after the heart of God, this would get a little easier. But yeah. too many times we try to live our own lives and build our own kingdoms and try to tack God onto that. And um, I just wonder how radically different the world would be if all Christians really got the heart of God and started doing things differently. And you know what's crazy? You said the word radically, and it kind of just made me think of something. A lot of times people assume, like, if you tell other people about Jesus or live, like, out loud for Jesus, then they're like, they're so radical. They're on fire for God. When, like, I saw something um, that always stuck with me that said, what most people call radical today is what the Bible calls normal. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Like we call it radical, and it's like, um, that's just what the Bible tells us to yeah. do. Because <laughs> watered down Christianity is really what we all, yeah, what makes what us comfortable. It's what makes what us makes, comfortable, yeah. and not what makes the kingdom grow. Right. And when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, teach us to pray. One thing he said in that prayer was to t- to ask God, Your kingdom come, and Your will be done. What's God's kingdom, and what's God's will? The lost, the broken, the hurting, the ones who don't know Him, the ones who aren't in relationship with Him. And um, we're getting close to the end here, but I just wanted to share a scripture that God has has brought to me in my devotion time sometime this week, along with Mark one seventeen, and He's kind of you know leaning on that scripture, Mark one seventeen, saying that He will make me become fishers of men. This is a scripture that I feel like I was making the bed the other day. Actually, it wasn't even in my devotion time, and uh, I remembered this scripture, and I felt like He was saying, "You need to start praying this. You need to start praying this." And it comes from 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. And it says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And so basically what this is saying is the God of this age, the God of this world, that's the enemy, that's the devil. And he's saying he has blinded their hearts, he has put covers over their eyes and blocked their ears. And as a Christian... I need to be praying for the people that I come in contact with. God, remove the blinders and remove the deaf ears and let them hear and let them see and open doors for me to walk through. You know, And so not only do we have to pray off those blinders off their life, but we also have to say, okay, now God, make me sensitive to the Holy Spirit to know when you're opening a door for me to tell somebody about you. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Anything else to add before we do this? Mm-mm, All right, you ready for a praise break? Thank you, Lord. Chris Owens, is that you? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Jesus. Chris, I hope you're listening to this right now. Yes, me too. That'd be awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll just pray over you guys um, for you to to do better in this area and to seek the heart of God and to allow your heart to be changed into His heart. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We're so grateful. We're so thankful and honored. Lord, to have an opportunity to speak today and to, um, I pray, God, that you would speak through us and every person who you draw to this podcast that hears this today, God, I pray that you stir up a fire in their heart to be what the world calls radical and to uh, to pursue the things that you care about, Lord, the lost, the hurting, the dying, and the broken. And God, I pray that you would reward them greatly. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thanks for pursuing with us. Thank you.